Welcome to the Landmark Podcast. I'm Jason Calhoun, pastor of Landmark Pentecostal Church in Texarkana, Texas. We encourage you to visit us on the web at landmarkupc.net for a schedule of services and upcoming events. We pray that you are blessed by the message today. Thank you again for listening. Not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God. Of the doctrines of baptism and laying on of hands and of resurrection of the dead and of eternal judgment. This we will do if God permit. In other words, we're going to progress, we're going to go on, and we're going to reach higher heights and obtain greater things if God will help us and permit us to do so. Notice what he says here. He said, let us go on. Let us go on unto perfection. Anybody feel like you're perfect? That wasn't a trick question. I don't suppose anybody would in this room say that they think that they're perfect, but I believe everybody in this house is striving for perfection in God. We have a high calling that we're striving for. We have a mark, as the Apostle Paul said, that we're striving for. And we have something that we're trying to obtain, and we don't speak about it, as Paul said, as though we've already obtained are already perfected, but we're pressing towards that mark of that high calling of God in Christ Jesus. So we're striving for it, and we're reaching for it. And that's, again, why we're here tonight in this house. And we're going to get a little bit closer tonight in this service. You believe that? And I want to preach for the next little while upon this subject, the devil hates progress. Let you just turn to somebody and tell them that. The devil hates progress. Yeah, he does. He hates it. He hates it. Amen. How many is going to preach with the preacher for a little while tonight? Hallelujah. I said, you really going to help the preacher preach? A little half-hearted there, but how many is going to get with the Word of God? Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you for standing And you may be seated. In Hebrews chapter number 6, the writer here is speaking about the need of spiritual maturity. He's talking about people growing up and in their relationship with God, becoming better. And that's really what encapsulates the whole entirety of the book of Hebrews is improvement and growing and progressing in God. And he says, therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection. Sadly, some people read that scripture and have used this passage as a license to cast off certain restraints, certain commitments and consecrations that are necessary to live for God, and they say things like, see right there, doctrine is not nearly as important as you put uh, emphasis on it in Pentecostal circles and Pentecostal church services. It really 
doesn't matter. But that isn't what the writer is implying here at all. That's not what he's referring to. But he's talking about it as it were a brick wall being built up or a house being built and one layer at a time being placed on, one brick at a time being placed on, one block at a time being placed on it and building it up. He's telling us to not go back and try to lay the foundation again, not go back and start all over again, but build upon what you've already received, what you've already experienced, the revelation that you have already uh, experienced in your life. You want to build upon that. And he's talking about going forward in God. He's really talking about progress here. And then he gives a careful warning for us not to become stuck and just caught up in a cycle of doing the same things over and over again. Now I want to put a little disclaimer on that and say that there are some habits that we have and routines that we have that are necessary and they are important. And the Bible even talks about tradition, which seems to be a dirty word sometimes in Pentecostal services, but there is such a thing as good traditions and good routines and things that we have a habit of doing that are good for us, that we need to be involved in and we need to constantly participate in. And uh, I'm not ashamed of those traditions. I don't want to slack away from those traditions. I'm not interested in going back on those traditions, but I want to build upon those traditions. Can you say, praise the Lord? And so he is warning us not to become stagnant because stagnant things begin to smell. They stink. Uh, Stagnant water, if it's dammed up long enough, stopped long enough from flowing, It begins to breed all kinds of things. It becomes a breeding ground for algae and and mosquitoes start buzzing over the top of it and all kinds of bacteria and dangerous things begin to grow in it and leeches and, and just all kinds of things that are unpleasant are associated with stagnant water. But, amen, if you keep it flowing, then it is a whole lot more inviting If you keep it flowing, it's a whole lot more refreshing. Can I tell you that stagnant saints of God are in danger of things growing in their lives that don't belong there? Uh, Stagnant saints of God become cynical. They become critical. uh, They become hateful. They become judgmental. But it's so important that we allow the Spirit of God to continue to move us closer to Him that we be led of the Spirit of God. That tells us that there is no place that we stop growing. There's no place that we stop becoming. There's no place that we just shut it off and say, I've gone just about as far as I'm going to go. But we continue. We continue to flow with the Spirit of the Lord. We continue to keep our hearts open to what God would desire us to do. And if we'll flow with the current of the Spirit, The Holy Ghost knows exactly what we need and when we need it. 
Amen. You ever came to a church service and said, nobody else here knows anything about me? Maybe you was visiting someplace. Nobody here knows anything about my past. Nobody knows about some of the things that is confronting me right now in my life. But you came into that church service and the Holy Ghost began to move in a specific way and upon specific people and they gave you a specific word. The Holy Ghost spoke to you. I'm telling the Holy Ghost still speaks for people that will hear him. Amen. Uh, The Holy Ghost will still talk to us if we'll allow him to talk to us. Amen. But that's really up to us staying open to the flow of God's Spirit. Open to how God wants to move in our life and to resist The movement of God is to resist the very nature of God Himself. To understand God's nature, you've got to go all the way back to the beginning. In the very beginning of things, the Bible said, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the deep. And things begin to happen in that world that was chaotic and dark, that world that was confused, that that world that had no form and was void. When the Spirit of God began to move upon it, things begin to come to life. Uh, The waters beneath were separated from the waters above. Amen. He put the light in its place. The the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. Uh, He told the sea where to stop. He told the tides when to come in. He set everything in its course. He set up the seasons. He set up the laws of the universe and gravity and all of those kinds of things because God is a God of movement. The Spirit of God began to move and that's how it all started and that's how it continues until this day as the Spirit of God moves. He moves upon people. He moved on that man Abraham where it all really started with God's people and said I want you to get up from where you are and I want you to go out and I want you to look for a city whose builder and maker is God it was something that he had never seen never experienced, never felt, never touched he didn't know anything about but he was obedient to the moving of God's spirit upon him and the presence of God directing him and as a result God began to work in his life promises were fulfilled and now we have an entire nation that come out of his loins because there was a man that was willing to be obedient to the moving of the Spirit. There was a man that did not resist the moving of God upon him. What about Israel? We see it again. All of these things are foreshadowings of the Holy Ghost and what is to come when the Spirit of God was to be poured out. But the Bible talks about how that Israel came out through the Red Sea and they were led by the cloud. And that cloud was representative of the Holy Ghost. The Spirit of God directing and leading. It knew exactly where they needed to be and at what time they needed to be there. They did not move without that Spirit or that cloud rather moving and directing them. And they would pull up their stakes and they would move as the cloud moved. I'm going to tell you the church is still moving as the Holy Ghost leads. As the Holy Ghost directs. As the Holy Ghost bids, as the Holy Ghost moves upon us, that's when we move. And when we stop moving with the Holy Ghost, we no longer can be called apostolic. 
we no longer can be considered Pentecost because on the day of Pentecost those people were moved upon and they were filled with the Spirit of God and as you look through the pages of the book of Acts I'm talking about the establishing years of the church they were directed by the Spirit of the Lord Amen That's right. Talk about Philip in Acts chapter 8. The Spirit of God moving upon him. He was in one place. I don't know how all this happens, but I don't doubt it because the Word of God says it's true. It says he was in one place and and he was enjoying the Samaritan revival in the city of Samaria. God was doing great things and great joy filled the city. There was a lot of celebration that was going on. Sick folks were healed. People were delivered and set free. It was breaking out everywhere and suddenly God moved upon this evangelist and when he he, when he looked around, suddenly he was not in the city of Jeru- or city of Samaria any longer, but he was in the desert uh, uh, that was uh, uh, out there in the middle of Gaza, and there was an Ethiopian young man that was there, and he needed help finding direction, and he said, "Understand this, what thou readest." And he said, "How can I, except some man should guide me?" And now Philip is recognizing why the Spirit of God moved him to that place, and he said to him let me just preach to you a little bit and it begins at that same scripture the Bible says and preached unto him Jesus and before the story concludes that man is baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of his sins I'm going to tell you great things can happen when we let the spirit flow Oh, great things can take place when we allow the Spirit to direct and we allow the Spirit to move. But when we try to clamp it off, when we try to shut it down, when we try to turn it off, amen, there's nothing that can happen as far as in the realm of revival and the moving of God. When we 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 have control over it, when we don't yield to it, when we don't surrender to it, if you want God to continue to work in your life, you've got to continue to yield to Him. Oh, you can't be stubborn and have a move of God. You can't be prideful and have a move of God. You can't have God working in your life and say, Well, I'll go so far, but I won't go that far. And I'll go to this place, but I won't go to that place. I'm talking about in your relationship with God. But you ought to have the heart and the attitude that says, God, whatever you desire of me, whatever you want me to give, whatever you want me to do, whatever action you want me to take, there's nothing that you'll ask of me that I'm unwilling to perform, that I'm unwilling to do, but I'm submissive to you. I'm surrendered to you. My heart is open. Come on, somebody hear me preach tonight. My heart is open to the moving of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. As your spirit moves, I will move. And it's amazing to me how some people get to a certain point in their relationship with God and they just kind of shut it down or stop there. And uh, as it were, they find a parking place and they don't move any further when there's so much more potential when there's so much more that God desires to do in their life, when there's so many more great things that God wants to provide for them, yet 
they are the ones that are inhibiting God. It's not that God is not willing and it's not God, not that God is not ready to do it. It's not God is not capable of doing it. None of those things. But the onus is upon us and our unwillingness to open up our heart or continue to open up our heart. I'm going to tell you, when you got the Holy Ghost, it's because you were willing to make whatever adjustments, whatever changes, do whatever you had to do to get it. Oh, no, I don't believe you got the Holy Ghost by accident. And I just want to go a step further. You're not going to keep it by accident either. The only way you're going to keep the Holy Ghost is to keep being obedient to the Holy Ghost. The only way you're going to keep the Spirit of God working in your life is to continue to yield to the Holy Ghost working in your life and to stay open to the moving of God's Spirit in your life. And the moment that you shut it down, God will find somebody that is willing to open up their heart and say, God, I yield to you. Oh, sometimes we think that God is some way obligated to us because we have the truth and because we have a revelation of who He is and we baptize correctly and we, we got this uh, uh, separation from the world down and so therefore uh, God is some way obligated to us as though we've got the mark, uh, corner on the market to what God is doing. I'm going to tell you there's nothing more further from the truth than that. Just like God revealed you truth, He can reveal somebody else that's hungry for Him truth. Just like God called you, He can call somebody else and He can find your replacement. Come on. We, 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 we can't just say, well, this is, uh, this, uh, I'm, just, I'm just here and this is my deal and there, nobody can run me out. I'm going to tell you, God could blow you out of here so fast it'd blow your mind. Amen. If you don't continue to stay open to the flow and the Spirit of God, you won't continue to be blessed and anointed of God. But as you yield to God, as you surrender your heart to God, God can work and God can do things that is far beyond anything you've ever seen Him do. How many believes that God's not through? How many believes there's more that God wants to do? How many believes with me that God can show me greater things? He said greater works than these. Greater works than these. I will tell you there is greater revival. There is greater promises to be fulfilled. There is greater things that God wants to do in our lives. Oh, come on now. I said there is some greater things that God wants to do. And we need to continue to progress towards that and stay hungry for that. There comes a time in everyone's life when you need to move on. Move on from that spiritual locale that you're at, whether it be victories or defeat, triumph or trial. Happiness or sadness, ups or downs or plateaus or successes. At either extreme, it isn't healthy for us to just stay there. Somebody says, well, I'm feeling pretty good about this. There's victory. There's a move of his spirit in this particular place. And so I'll just stay at this level of consecration. And I'll just stay at this level of commitment. I'm going to tell you, if it's that good at that point of commitment, I wonder how much better it would be if you'd add just a little bit more to it. If it is good at that level of sacrifice, I wonder how much better it would be with a little bit more sacrifice. Have you ever thought about that? God, if you're blessing me with this level of faithfulness, I wonder if I could consecrate some more of my life to you and become even more faithful to you, how much rich the blessings of God would be. How much better the blessings of God would be in my life. 
In Genesis chapter 19 and verse 17, the angel of the Lord visited Lot and warned him to flee into the mountains or get thee up and run to the mountains because judgment is coming to this city. And the scripture says that when this angel spoke to them and said, Escape for thy life, look not behind thee, neither stay thou in all the plain. Escape to the mountain, lest thou be consumed. The angel was saying that there is a higher place for you. You don't belong down here in the plains. You don't have to stay here and be destroyed with all of the other folks in the city of Sodom. Don't dwell here too long. Don't stay in this way. It may have been permissible for you to stay here up until a certain point, but judgment is coming. Don't drive your stakes down deeper, but pull them up and flee to the mountains. And the Bible says this was Lot's response. It says, and Lot lingered. He lingered in that place even though he had received a command to get up and to move on and progress out of the city and go to the mountains. The Bible says that he lingered in that place. The message was this. You keep yourself fluid, Lot. You keep yourself mobile. You should have never came here and drove your stakes down. Abraham was a tent dweller. He was a sojourner. He was someone that was always looking for the direction that God would lead him to. Always looking for the next place that God would take him to, which is typical of a saint of God, a man that is looking and desiring for more in God and their relationship with the Lord. You got to continue to walk by faith. You got to stay out there on the cutting edge. You can't live just in the place where it's comfortable and be complacent with what you've already possessed and what you've already felt and what you've already experienced. But Abraham, if you're going to see my promises, you got to be willing to pull up your tent stakes. If you're going to see what I'm going to do in your life, you got to be willing to follow me. you got to build altars in the places that I want you to build altars. Not just where it's convenient, but you got to climb up a little higher and you got to do a little bit more sometimes to find God like you desire to find Him. Lot lingered. And then the result of that was the Scripture says that his wife looked back. And as a result, judgment came to her and she became a pillar of salt. And Jesus, all the way down there in the book of Luke, the 17th chapter, is teaching about end time events. And he's warning of things to come. And he reaches back to this Old Testament account and he brings that into his story about future events, which I believe we're living in right now. How many believes we're living in the end time? And he said, don't forget, he said it this way, remember Lot's wife. He's simply giving them a warning. Do not forget about this example of somebody that was so tied to a city that was so tied, if we could say it this way, to the world, so tied to what was comfortable for her and what she enjoyed. She was so tied to this place that finally she had settled in 
and she was so tired of moving from there to here and, and, and following after the whims of, 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 of what she considered Abraham's whims and desires. But really it was Abraham following God. Finally she gets to settle in the city and now she gets to drive her tent stakes down and now she gets to, she gets to have things that she didn't have before. And Jesus is teaching and he's telling us about end time events and he said if you're going to make it in the end time you better be warned by that story back there you better remember Lot's wife because if you ever get too comfortable if this world ever becomes too comfortable for you if you ever become too complacent if you ever grow cold and indifferent in your heart if you ever get to the place that you're not willing to follow the spirit of God you're in grave danger you're in danger of judgment you're in danger of missing out but if you want to stay in the blessings of God and if you want to obtain the promises of God you got to be willing to continue to follow him wherever he leads I'll follow whatever he directs me to do I'll go there whatever he expects or wants of me I am willing God whatever you desire to do in my life I'll step out I'll continue to walk by faith Maybe it was that Lot and his wife got tired of walking by faith as Abraham. Maybe they got tired of stepping out in faith and living on the cutting edge as Abraham. I wish we could just be comfortable. I wish we could just be static for a little while. I wish we could just stay in one spot for a little while. But I'm going to tell you there's a danger in that. You have to realize amen that that is a place where the devil is inhibiting your progress. And the devil hates progress. He doesn't want anybody to step out of the usual and the norm. He wants to keep everybody boxed in. He wants to keep you painted in a corner somewhere. He wants you to be content with talking about the past, past miracles, past prayers, past revivals. But I think there might be somebody in this house tonight. I realize we may not get everybody on board, but perhaps there's some folks in this house that said, I don't care if the devil likes it or not. I'm ready to progress. I want some promises. I want some prayer requests to be answered. I want to see some miracles. I want to have revival. Come on, lift up your voice and let's praise the Lord. Let's give praise to the Lord. The devil hates progress. Thank you. You may be seated. The devil hates it. He doesn't want it. Amen. He wants you to stay static. Stay in one place. And there's a couple of different things that I want to refer to here tonight, and I'm going to be brief. There's a couple of things that he uses to inhibit people's progress. First of all, defeats and disappointments, discouragements in life, things that didn't turn out the way you wanted them to, bad experiences, failure, hurts, wounds, offenses, these things can impede your progress in God. Do you believe that? How many times when people right on the cusp, right on the very perimeters of obtaining something, and then almost like a guided missile, the devil finds his target, and he stops them as they're getting ready to step into what God has for them. I'm going to tell you, that's a devastating thing. And the Bible says that we're to be wiser than that. 
told us not to be ignorant. And I know the way we use in the Western world the word ignorant is a little different. That didn't mean ignorant as in dumb or stupid like we use it, but it means ignorant as in not knowing or not being aware of. Don't be ignorant of his devices. Don't be ignorant of what he's trying to do. You've got to understand, he's trying to inhibit your progress. He's trying to stop you from stepping in. He wants to keep you from going any further. And he's going to throw everything. You know, when are we going to wise up and realize that when God starts moving, you just better look around for it because there is going to be resistance somewhere. And why are we so shocked when it feels like we hit a freight train after we've had some of the greatest revival services and, and moves of God and we, we seem like we're just totally astonished that the devil didn't just let us railroad him and run him out of town and that he would even have the guts to step back in here and try to attack us again blows our minds. I'm going to tell you, it's a good chance that you're closer than you think if the devil is fighting you and resisting you and trying to keep you down and trying to hold you back. That ought to be a sign to you. You know what? I'm not going to turn down my worship. I'm going to turn up my worship. I'm not going to turn down the thermostat. I'm going to turn up the thermostat. I'm not going to turn down amen, my level of prayer but I'm going to turn up the intensity of prayer. I'm not going to turn down amen, my faith but I'm going to keep stepping out this little bit further in faith. Amen. I'm not just going to hold back and be satisfied and content with just going through the motions. Amen. But if the devil wants to pick a fight, I didn't initiate this, but I'm up for it. Amen. And I'm willing to go a little further and do a little more than what I've ever done if that's what it takes. And I promise you, if you'll turn up the heat, you'll begin to see the results of God moving and working in your life. That's right. We need to learn that principle. We need to understand that principle. That when a defeat comes or a temporary setback comes, a lot of times we just accept that and back off and say, well, I guess I'll just recall from this desire for revival that I've had, this desire to receive more from God, and I'll just accept the fact that perhaps it's not going to happen and we'll put it off till another day. And we've been putting off for another day for a long time. Amen. Praise God. I almost cringe when people get up and say, oh, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. Amen. I, I don't believe it can come any closer to us than what we're willing to go after it. Because my Bible said, as you draw close to him, he draws nigh unto you. That's how it works. Amen. You can't stay here and just say, it's just going to overtake me. It's just going to overtake me. I don't have to do anything. I don't have to do anymore. All I got to do is just stay right here. Yeah, that's not how it happens, and that's not what the book says. I see I got a lot of people fell off my bandwagon. They thought if I could just sit here. I mean, I've been here in 30 years. And bless God, if I just keep sitting here and pat a cake for Jesus, I'm going to tell you what you're going to get. You're going to get the same results you got 30 years ago. And you're going to be in the same place that the Lord tarries 30 years from now. Still wondering why it ain't happened, why it ain't happened, why it ain't happened. I'm going to tell you why it ain't happened is you got to get up and start moving towards him. you got to start getting out of your comfort zone. you got to start worshiping and praying and exercising faith in the way that God wants you to. That's the only way it can happen. 
Come on, I'm not just preaching what I think. I'm preaching what I know from the Word of God. This is what the book says. Amen. Praise God. You got to stay fluid. You got to stay willing. You got to flow with the Spirit of God. And defeat sometimes and setbacks sometimes can cause us to just stay in a place of almost being static and stale and drying up. David had a tremendous failure in his life and it was more than just a lapse of judgment but it had consequences the Bible said as a result of his sin a child was born and from the time it was born it was sick and David went to a place and put on sackcloth and he began to fast and after certain days the baby it did not it was not restored, it was not healed, but it passed away, it died. And this would have been enough, I suppose, to crush anybody. To know not only has my own flesh and blood died and passed away, but to know that this is all as a result of my sin and my failure would have caused some people to totally give up. And when they heard this and they had to bring this message to David and tell him about what had occurred, that this child had passed away. When they brought him the news, they were a little reluctant to do so because they felt like, well, if we go and tell him, he's already been so sorrowful, he's already been in a state of mourning, fasting, and in sackcloth. If we come and tell him these things, then it'll be enough to just crush him and push him over the edge, and he'll probably lose it. But when they walked in the room and told him the news, they were... They were shocked at his response. The scripture says that he got up and washed his face and changed his clothes and went and ate. As if to say, I'm not going to stay in this place of disappointment. I've done all I can do to change the outcome. But if this is what God has chose to do in my life, and if this is the consequences of my sin, then I have to accept that. But I am going to move on, and I am going to go forward, and I am going to progress. I'm not going to stay in a place of wallowing in defeat. I'm not going to stay in this place of just continually thinking about what could have been and living in a place of total discouragement but I'm going to get up I'm going to wash my face I'm going to change my countenance I'm going to put on some celebration clothes and I'm going to go to the house of God and I'm going to worship here and that's what some of you need to do you need to get a change of garments on you need to change your attitude about things you need to change your spirit about things and say I can't help some things that happen but I can help my attitude from this point on I'm going to live in an attitude of faith. I'm going to live in a spirit and an attitude of progress towards God. I'm going to live for God. Amen. With all of my heart. I'm going to worship Him. Amen. I'm going to take off that garment of heaviness and put on a garment of praise and worship God with everything that I have. Oh, clap your hands and let's praise the Lord. God spoke to the children of Israel in Deuteronomy chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. 
And he basically said, you've can pass this mountain long enough. You've been in this cycle long enough. You've been stuck in this place, not progressing towards the promise long enough. He said, I'm asking you to take a new direction. Turn northward. And began to follow after me and be led of me and I'll lead you into the promise. You are not going to get any further as long as you keep compassing and cycling in this same situation and keep reveling in this same situation. You're never going to get anywhere, but you got to turn northward. And I want to preach to somebody that's the attitude that you need to get is you got to turn yourself towards the things of God and lean in and Make up your mind. This is it. I'm leaving the past in the past. And I'm going towards a bright future in God. I'm going to attain and possess the promises of the Lord. I'm going forward. I'm not going back. I'm not turning aside. I'm not looking for an excuse. But if God be for me, who and what can be against me? I'm going to keep on going on. I'm going to keep on being faithful. I'm not telling you everything's going to change over night. I'm not telling you everything's going to be better in a day, but I tell you as you keep on walking, as you keep on believing, as you keep on trusting, God's going to break some things open in your life. Come on, let's lift up our voice and really give him some praise. The devil hates progress. He hates when I'm preaching and I can feel it the resistance of it, even as I'm preaching right now. But I got news for him. I met your spirit before. Amen. And I'm still going to preach. And when I get done tonight, if I got to come back Wednesday night and preach some more, I'll preach then. And I got news for you, devil. I'll come back Sunday morning and I'll, I'll preach it again. We're going to preach progress. We're going to preach revival. We're going to preach a God of abundance. We're going to preach a God of promise. We're going to preach a God that can heal. We're going to preach a God that can save. We're going to preach a God that can deliver. And you're not going to stop progress around Landmark Pentecostal Church. Anybody ready to go forward in Jesus' name? Anybody ready to progress into the promises of God? Come on, if you feel like I do, I don't know what you need to do, but just respond in some way. If you feel like leaping, leap. If you feel like dancing, dance. If you feel like giving a wave offering, give him a wave offering. If you feel like stepping out in the aisle, do it. But do something, bless God. We can't stay in this place. Oh, Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Just remain standing. I feel something breaking up here in the Holy Ghost. You know, I got to studying those miracles in the New Testament. And I found there was a key to all of that. I mean, over and over again, the miracles happen as people were in motion doing what God had asked them to do. Blind man needed healing. He said, go wash in the pool. Yeah. Ten leprous men need a cleansing. And Jesus said, go show yourself to the priest. The Bible said, as they went, while they were in motion, 
so much for that staying right where you're at so much for that this well if it's to be it's it's overtake me it'll just it just come upon me you know what i never seen anybody get the holy ghost you know people that say well i'm afraid to go over there because the holy ghost will jump off on me you're not in danger of anything Come on, this ain't like pixie dust. We don't, we don't, we don't put something on you. I wish we could sometimes. If I had a bunch of it, I'd baptize some of you in this place tonight. But that ain't how it works. You only get as much from God as you're hungry for Him. He said, the hungry shall be filled. If you're not hungry for God, you're in no danger. But if you are hungry for God, you got a promise. As they went, the Bible said they got to looking, and it happened while they were in motion, while they were moving towards it. Uh, amen. What about the lady with the issue of blood? As she pressed her way through the crowd and touched the hem of his garment, uh, it was that movement of faith. Uh, it wasn't a word that was spoken. Uh, it wasn't anybody else recognizing her. Amen. She didn't get any help from anybody else. Uh, it was just her that was reaching out, making a move towards God. I'm going to tell you, maybe be weak. You may be, it seems like a little disappointed and discouraged over a few things. There may be situations in your life that you don't know why it's happening the way it is. But I come to preach to you tonight. I come to encourage you in the Holy Ghost. Just move towards Him in your weak, frail condition. And God will touch you. And God will work for you tonight. And as you move to Him, you know what? You know what the Lord's favorite word is in the scripture? His favorite word is come. Come unto me, all that are weary and heavy laden. Come unto me and drink. Come and dine. Come, the master's calling. Hebrews 4:16. Let us therefore come boldly before the throne of grace. His favorite words, come on, move towards me, and I'll move towards you. You know what's gonna what's gonna bridge the chasm? Is somebody, you know, I can reach out to Brother Smith here, but that's about as far as I can go if he don't exercise any faith or movement towards me. But when he reaches out his hand. And he makes contact. That bridge is the chasm there. Amen. That that bridge is the gap that is there. Hallelujah. I wonder there's somebody that'll do your part so God can do his tonight. Is there somebody that'll step out so that God can do? Come on, the devil hates this. He don't want you to worship. <laughs> 